Hi, and welcome to Jezebel Goes to Seminary, a podcast put on by none other than your host, me, Meredith Thomason. I am, I don't even know what to say, honestly. I'm so excited to be here with you in this virtual space of audio engagement. And I am looking forward to a great season. This is going to be such a fun way for me to engage with you as listeners and also just having conversations with individuals in my field and other fields of discipline and talking about their own faith journeys, talking about their own spiritual awakenings and how they identify and why they identify that way and and what has been their journey in coming to understand themselves in this more connected, engaged, and trusting version of themselves. So it's going to be a great season. I'm so stoked to, like I said, be here with you in this space And I thought it would be prudent for the first episode to kind of touch base with why theology school, why am I doing what I'm doing now, what's the point, Um, and yeah, so this is my story. And I hope my intention, of course, with this podcast in general and just the content I make in general is to engage with you in a way that allows you to either see yourself, see your story in my story, or that my story and others' stories allow you a window to go through. And that window is endless possibilities. And that mirror allows you to have a reflective moment and and know that you aren't alone. I think in a lot of ways we go about our lives thinking that we are the only ones experiencing what we are experiencing. And when I was in education, we talk a lot about that with adolescents and sort of their need for the spotlight as they develop and come into their own and you know, I don't think that part of us ever leaves, <laughs> like even once we're done with adolescence. Like, I don't think that part of us, that part of us that wants to be seen, that part of us that wants to be heard, that part of us that wants to intensely belong somewhere, I don't think ever leaves. And so when I think about the whole act and notion of belonging and, you know, belonging to a community. I, growing up, didn't really have a moral formation community that you would find at a traditional religious organization, um, being a church. So I didn't grow up going to church every week, every year, every month. Um, It was very sporadic. And with things that are in flux and constantly changing, there doesn't ever seem to be a time or a place where you can really sink your feet in and ground yourself in traditions and ground yourself in understanding um, biblical texts. At least that's how it felt for me. And so, you know, not having a 
super moral formation um, during adolescence, you know, that's when we're trying to decipher between what is right and what is wrong. We are starting to build and form our values and belief systems. And so much of that comes from what ethnologists call umwelts. And an animal's umwelt is, is their environment. It's what they lived in. It's what they've known their whole lives. It's their experiences. And so I didn't have a religious umwelt growing up. So my umwelt coming into what I'm doing now looks and looked very different from others that are in this program with me and just others that I've talked to throughout the years about my own sort of understanding of God, my own understanding of the spirit, etc. So these umwelts that we all have are critical. So I want to place emphasis on our umwelts for a moment because our experiences, our environments, who we surround ourselves with, what we're engaging with online, in literature, whatever it may be, informs us. It molds us. And it also plainly states and displays what we are bringing into the conversation. So you're going to see on this season of Jezebel Goes to Seminary, me have conversations with a variety of people. And I just want to make sure that we understand that each and every one of us is coming in with different experiences, different places of understanding. And so we're also coming in with these gaps too. And and my hope and desire is that through Uh, discourse and conversations and dialogues with other people that may be experiencing the same thing that you are experiencing right now, which is confusion, which is um, spiritual scarcity, which might even be just you don't even know where to start. You know that you are are in need of something and you just, you don't even know where to start because I've been there too. And I think a lot of us have been there. And I think a lot of us are getting there because I think that 2020 has been a huge game changer. Am I right? I think that 2020 has really shown us some some sides and parts of ourselves that, you know, maybe we didn't want to admit were there. And then on the other hand, it's it's showing us kind of the true character of certain individuals um, in our communities. And so I, I'm coming into seminary with that in mind. And I'm coming into seminary not only with that in mind, but with the experiences that I had as a public school teacher. And over the years of teaching in public schools and engaging with a variety of learners and and people from all different backgrounds, I started to really get the sense that perhaps at the end of the day, and I believe that a lack of education is the root of all evil in this country for sure. And that may be a very bold statement to stay, or not to stay, y'all, hmm, to say on the first episode, but I mean it. So I'm going to, I'm going to say it again. I, I, truly believe that a lack of education is the root of all evil. And so in thinking about that, right, I I started to 
discover that, okay, it's not just that it's a lack of education. I started and I started to to build this idea of, well, perhaps it's actually a a moral dilemma. Perhaps what we are experiencing right now in 2020 is a true moral dilemma. And I think that when you are faced with that type of thinking about the world and the people that live in the world and the people that you interact with every day, it's so true. I had a professor say this to me when I first started my teacher pro program. Um, you can't unsee or you can't unlearn once you know something, right? And I and I pose the question to you out there: How much of what you know now that you didn't know before, but can no longer unknow, can no longer unsee, can no longer reject and negate that it exists? You can't because once you know something and you really know it and you really believe that it's happening, you can't unsee it. And that is how it felt when I basically came to this understanding that it's a moral dilemma and I don't want to be on the sidelines for this. So I had a friend actually call me up and say, hey, I'm going to apply to a master's of theological studies. I think you should do the same. And I was like, okay, <laughs> sure. She said, what else are you going to do? There's a pandemic going on. And I said, mm, fair. And so that was a few months before the application was due. And I kept telling myself, oh, I'll apply, I'll apply. Well, it got kind of to the point where I was either going to do it or uh, I wasn't. <laughs> and so I decided to send an email to a former professor in undergrad kind of explaining, hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. Would love some insight. Y'all mentors. People that you surround yourself with, remember they're important. They're that they're part of that umwelt <laughs> that we all have. So I emailed this professor and they respond and they gave me a response that I wasn't prepared for, which was, hey, I don't actually think you should do the theological studies. I think that you should go for the Master of Divinity. And I was like, what? <laughs> Okay, lady. Uh, so I, I sat with that for a while. I sat with that with, for a while because I, for a moment, really didn't think that I was worthy of applying. I didn't think I was worthy of applying because I have had these ideas in my head of what it means to be a Christian uh, or what it means to be a spiritual person, or what it means to walk with God. And a lot of those assumptions that I've had, I've started to break through, and I've started to break down. And at this point in time, though, I was still like, I don't belong in that space. You know, I I kept telling myself, I I still have questions. I still don't know exactly what I believe. I do believe in God. I do believe in the Holy Spirit, but I, I still have some questions and I don't know if that's the place for me to be. And I don't know if that's really where I need to go right now. And I just kind of sat with it. I didn't tell anybody. I mean, I literally didn't tell anybody that I was doing it except for the people I needed to get recommendations from. 
So I kind of did it in the secret in the middle of the night <laughs> where I said and I prayed and I and I sat with it and I contemplated and I and I came to the conclusion that if I didn't do this then I didn't know what else I was going to do but also if I didn't get in then that that meant that it it wasn't it wasn't the right thing for me to be doing or it wasn't meant for me to for me to do that at the time and a lot of that sort of a lot of people may call that blind faith or blind trust or you know whatever i i just considered it me trusting myself and a huge part of my spiritual journey and a huge part of my coming to this greater understanding of just Christianity and Christian thought and this notion of everyone and everything belonging, um, I I came to this thought and this acceptance that, you know, we were given free will. If we want to think about our creator in terms of creating us, getting down in the dirt, blowing breath into the nostrils of man what we have there is a gardener right we have a gardener god and and i'd like to believe that if god has given us free will if our creator has given us free will that free will is is part of our everyday life it's part of our everyday of making choices and my understanding of god and the spirit and the universe and and just everything that is that is part of that essence derives from I can be self-confident and I can trust this process of applying, not only because of God and me trusting that my life and what I'm supposed to do will happen and it will all be okay, but that trust comes from me and has been given to me by my creator. And some people would say, well, yes, but he's also in control of you. And so there's like this trickery, trickery, there's this slippery, tricky slope that a lot of us have to ride down and a lot of us have to figure things out on our own. And a lot of us have to sit and ask questions and, and have disagreements with other people of, you know, religious denominations. And it, it's tricky. It's tough. I didn't say it was going to be easy to have these discussions or think alouds, but they're important because perspective is important and seeing is important, but listening is equally important. And I think if we just sit and, and listen, when you sit outside, what do you hear? You know, and, and can you deny 150% that what you're hearing and what you're experiencing, the vibrations of your life, can you deny that maybe something bigger out there exists and is, is conducting that like a symphony? And if you can, then that's okay too. Let's talk about it. I want to have conversations. I think that if we can start to see, again, ourselves and others, by way of a mirror, or if others can sit and open a window for us to go out of, like that is the point. That is the point of unification. I, I love uh, Richard Rohr. I'm a big fan of him. And 
he said this, can't remember which book he said it in because I read so many books over quarantine. Uh, but he he basically got to the point that, you know, without societal transformation, personal conversion doesn't matter. If we are only focused on personal conversion and not equally focused on societal transformation, then what is the point of personal conversion? Because it isn't about just, hey, little old me, Meredith, having a relationship with my higher power and everything is going to be good and gravy afterwards. It is me having a relationship with a higher power and also understanding that my assignment and my duty is to extend that grace and extend that love and kindness and extend my ability to shift perspectives and see things differently. That that extends out to society. And so we're going to have hard conversations on this podcast. We are going to have engaging conversations on this podcast. And I want you to walk away every week with maybe a new thought, or maybe you disagree with something I say, or maybe a light bulb has finally come on for you. Whatever it may be, the point is to feel something. When we start to allow ourselves to feel something, feel anything, that is the best starting point for life, for everything else that's that's going to come. Because if we continue to numb ourselves, if we continue to deny ourselves of pleasure and happiness and true belonging, then I don't know where we'll be in the next five to 10 years. And I, and I know that transformation starts from within. So if you have wandered and if you are weary and if you are confused and if you are just seeking a comforting voice, I want you to know that this is where you can rest. This is where you can you can take a moment, a pause, a break, whatever it may be, whatever it is that you need. That's what I want this podcast to be. So I'm excited that you're here. I'm excited for this season. I cannot wait to dive into the conversations throughout the rest of the time with friends, colleagues, and 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 just anybody who's willing to have a conversation because we have to in this work of seminary and pastoral care and and all things that are included in in ministry work like we have to be vulnerable we have to be willing to show our scars with pride and so i'm totally willing to show you my scars and some of my scars have healed and have have been healed for years and some of them are fresh some of them are new and I think that the only way that we can work towards a common unification of self, self with others, self with a higher power, is when we begin to to reveal ourselves. So this is me revealing myself to you. I hope you have a great day, great rest of your week. Be well and never forget how 
wholly and fully loved you are. Thank you.